So I am seeing more and more ambitious, high achieving women in business who really feel like they have this limiting belief or a block that's presenting or presenting, preventing them from experiencing joy or pleasure. And to be honest, when so many women come to work with me, I would say 90% of them don't even know what makes them happy. And as you hear me saying this, if you're thinking to yourself, shit, that's me, settle in because this episode is for you. This is why I am so excited to have my guest expert on today, Dr. Jordan Wiggins, who is a pleasure expert. We're going to be talking all about how to prioritize pleasure in your life. And don't worry, we're not going to be telling you that you have to talk to your vulva or dance naked under the moon. You're definitely going to want to grab a notebook for this, settle in, grab a tea or a glass of wine, whatever feels right for you. And let's dive into this. Are you feeling stuck in life or in business? Maybe you're not magnetizing the money or the relationships that you're trying to manifest. Perhaps you're finding yourself stuck in opposing patterns. One minute you're in high performance mode and the next you feel totally drained, disconnected and burnt out. If any of that sounds familiar, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Brenda Johnston, and this is the Limitless Life Podcast. After changing my own relationship to success, and more importantly, myself, I was able to turn my passion into profit. I've also learned over the years how to make the deep transformational work easier and more effective, which is why I am obsessed with the power of the subconscious mind. And this is a place that I help people just like you strategically unlock your abundance mindset Activate your true manifesting capabilities so you can finally have the limitless life that you're meant to have. Welcome back to the Limitless Life Podcast, or welcome if you're new here. I'm your host, Brenda Johnston. And as I kind of mentioned in the intro, I've been really looking forward to having this conversation with Dr. Jordan Wiggins. You may know of her from being featured in Cosmopolitan, The Washington Post. She's been featured in Mind Body Green, Well and Good Healthline, Parents Magazine, Mary Claire, Teen Vogue. I could go on and on. She's even written her own book called The Pink Canary. I just cannot even wait to dive into this today. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Brenda. I'm so excited to be here. I just, when I started learning about you and all the things you do, I was like, man, all of the stuff you do, and we kind of talked about this before we hopped down here, and all of the things I do, they go so well together. I was like, yes, this is a conversation that needs to be had. And I feel like people, when they hear the word pleasure, they start to instantly just think about like sex and orgasms. They get the cringe. Yeah. And that isn't really what pleasure is about. And we'll totally get into that. But can we just start with you telling people like, what kind of doctor are you? And how the heck did you become a pleasure expert? (laughs) I am a naturopathic doctor officially, like by training. I had mental health and hormone issues in my life, which affected my libido, my ability to feel joy, how I would show up in the world. So I was sort of on my, this journey to heal myself. And I thought I'm going to open a women's health clinic and bring my experience and help other women. Um, 
at the time, I thought that it was about bioidentical hormones and eating right for their stage of life, be it like postpartum or perimenopause and helping them with all of those things. And then I realized that the problem was so much bigger because the door to my office would shut and I'd have these women who on the outside looked very put together. They were smiling, right? Good careers, like had the things, the house, the kids, the car, or, you know, yeah, maybe they're divorced like me. (laughs) me. (laughs) Yeah. I just didn't want to paint the picture that it's all this like perfect, you know, but it's, it looks good on the outside. And then the door to my office would shut and they would say, I don't feel like myself. I'm just not as happy as I used to be. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like the things that used to make me happy don't make me feel happy anymore. And first of all, it was reflecting a lot of how I had felt because you, I did the things I went to school, got the degrees, got the title, opened a very successful business, um, got married, wasn't happy, was going, is this it? Something's missing. Something's wrong. What's wrong with me? Do I have a neurochemical imbalance? Are my hormones off again? Right? Like we're looking for these, these reasons, these external things. And I'm running blood work on myself and running blood work on all these women, thousands of women. And sometimes, yes, we truly do have neurochemical imbalances, inflammation, hormone imbalances, cortisol dysfunction, like things are truly off with us on the cellular level. But what I was finding more and more and more, and it was the case with myself and it was the case with the women that would come to my medical practice is that we actually had a pleasure problem. So medically speaking, it's called anhedonia. And that means inability to feel joy or pleasure. And it is one of the criteria of major depressive disorder. Like, so when we're looking at the DSM and we're diagnosing somebody, um, that would be one of the criteria that would be like, yes, this person could have depression. But the problem is, is that that's as far as it would go if they saw a doctor and were describing these things, or sometimes even like their naturopath or functional medicine practitioner, it would be like, oh, okay, it's depression. Let's find a reason for the depression, or here's your prescription for an SSRI, which I'm not against. We all need to do what works, but the issue is I was seeing, again, hundreds of women taking the SSRI, we'd balance their hormones, And we were both looking at each other, scratching our heads going, what the fuck is the problem here? Because if they come to me and there's all these things off and then we work on it, we make the changes and now blood work's looking good. They're sleeping better. They've lost a little weight that they wanted to lose. Like things are starting to work better, but the anhedonia didn't change the inability to feel pleasure didn't change. And this is 360. So this is like 
some of them were coming to me specifically about sex. Cause it was like, you know, I have got no libido. It's impacting my relationship. Um, and others were saying, you know, I can't even enjoy vacation with my family. Mm. Like I'm watching it from above. And I remember, I know that for myself, I've heard it reflected to me. So I guess how I became, like I became a pleasure expert through trial and error and hearing women's stories and just, I guess, being that personality type that's like, I'm missing something here. Something's wrong. Something's off. And it's off in a a big way, a societal way, a generational way, like a, you know, something is majorly wrong here. So that's sort of how I got to today. It's so interesting just listening to you just talk about your journey and how this has all evolved. And I'm listening to you and I was like, that's exactly what happened to me. Back in the olden days, if you see air quotes, they weren't even really testing hormones. And so, like that wasn't, I just remember going to my doctor and she was like, you're depressed. Here's some medication. Go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing the therapist and I remember being on the medication and I, nothing was changing. And I just remember feeling like I was in a cloud almost like life didn't, I was watching my life. Gray is how it felt for me. Yeah. And that's what I thought I was going to do initially is I was going to be this, you know, crusader for women's mental health and hormonal health and just like their wellness in general, because that, oh, depression, like you tick some of the boxes, here's your prescription, go see a therapist. And then because of the way we're raised, how we're taught to believe about ourselves, like we do what we're told to do. And then when it doesn't work, then it's the shame. Then it's what's wrong with me. I'm broken. And then, yeah, we're just in a worse, a worse spiral at that point. Well, and then we start suffering in silence, right? Cause we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about how, Oh, I actually don't think I have emotions. I don't know why I'm not happy. I had the car. I had the marriage. I had the stuff. I had the nice house. Shouldn't I have been happy? Like, yeah. yeah. And I'll have women say to me like, but like, it's just, I should just be happy. Right. Like there's just something wrong. And it's like, (laughs) yes, something's wrong, but it's not you. Like it's, it's not like, oh, just if I can shift my mindset and be happy. It started a long time ago. It started that we were taught to avoid pleasure. We were taught to avoid feeling good. We were taught to work hard, to get the degree, to get the things, the house, the car, and that that brings you joy. So again, as the good girls that we are, we go do those things because that's what we're told is this will bring you joy and pleasure. (laughs) But when we do it, and a lot of us, like the women that I work with, we do it good. Like we, we do it big, nothing small scale. Like if we're in a career, we are giving it our all, we're doing it our best when we leave or get a new opportunity, they need to hire two or three people to replace us. Like it's, (laughs) So we're, we do it and we give it our all 
And then when it feels empty and there is no pleasure and joy in it, like that's when we really start to have this, I I don't want to say crisis, but like we're, we're looking for answers because it doesn't make sense because what we've been told our whole lives is the path really isn't. Mm. And especially like I'm generation X. So my thing was, you know, just like what you said, you go to school, you get the career. And then when I was in the career, it was like, I was in advertising and marketing for 24 years. So it's still pretty like a male dominated industry. I remember being told, look, you don't show emotion because that's weak. It's a weakness. Yes. So we end up with this, or I find, and I did it, the women that I worked with did it. And I'm assuming because our stuff is so parallel that Mm. this will resonate with your audience as well. But it's like, we have this shell around us. Like we've closed our hearts. We've closed our pussies. We have. (laughs) Yeah. Where we're not open and soft on the outside anymore. Cause we thought, or we were told that the big feel, you know, don't cry, don't show emotion in your career, right? There's no room for that. Get over it. And I think a lot of us internalize like we're wrong. We're wrong for feeling when really feeling is our superpower when you can break it down. Um, and and I think that's what the world needs right now is more deeply feeling, deeply connected humans, but that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Another podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this, this shell, this hardness, it keeps people at a distance from us, our partners, our children, our pets, even sometimes it's like, we can, like we repel people when we're in that state. Um, and, and we don't want to, admit it like it didn't say I'm I'm a tight ass I'm this crusty ice queen we don't we don't want to admit it but we feel it and it's hard it's interesting that you say that too because one of the things that I work with one of the areas is energy right and energy doesn't lie your face can be saying the things your body can be like closed off and you can be pretending, Oh, it's good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Your energy never lies. We, we talk about this with faking orgasms or faking feeling good in sex and women with no libido or low libido, they've lost that desire for their partner. And sometimes it's the other way. The, the the woman has the higher drive and they're they feel rejected and not sexy so e- anyways either when we have a mismatch libido either way I just wanted to note that because sometimes the women with the higher drive feel like embarrassed because it we're again told it's not that men are always supposed to want it um when we have that mismatch libido and the people are feeling rejected and feeling um Oh my God, there's so much that I want to say right now. Say it, say it, say it. (laughs) It's just this this portal. And then once it's open, there's so much stuff. What were we talking about first though? Because I wanted to not get lost because 17 Energy doesn't lie. (laughs) Okay, energy doesn't lie. We're going to go there and then we're going to go back. So when we have sex and it's like surface sex, it's like sex to have it because your partner wants it or because- you need to feel that 
connection to calm your nervous system because you've been told, well, if he doesn't get it from you, he's going to get it somewhere else or whatever. We got the codependent stuff going on, whatever the case may be, but we're just, we're having sex to have it, to go through the motions. It's like eating junk food or candy, right? It's like good kind of when you're eating it, but then a little bit later you feel like crap. It's empty. There's no nutrients, right? It's like a hollow sex. Um, and even when we think we're faking it and we think we're doing a good job at it, our partners know they can read it. They can read that they're getting that junk food sex that it's not like your, your energy is not there. You're not present. It's not sustaining. So people will say to me, you know, how many times should a healthy couple be having sex or a relationship? And it's not that simple because one, there are seasons, we all know what it's like in the new relationship energy. Talk mm. about a season I'm in right now with little kids that need a lot of caregiving and attention. Um, so it, and it evolves and changes, right? What do people have going on in their lives, careers, work, health, like things will ebb and flow. But if you can have great sex, like connected sex, where both people's hearts are open, they're feeling, they're able to give and receive pleasure. And it's this like energy exchange, this energetic dance, I guess, where somebody's leading and somebody's following or giving and receiving that sex, which we're not taught. We don't see that in movies or novels or anything like, like that's not what our idea of sex is. But that sex is sustaining. It feels good. You have that and you ride that energetic high, the the neurochemicals, what happened to our hormones, that can last for days or a week. So to me, it's not about the amount of like times you had sex or put a penis in a vagina, which I don't even look at as sex anymore. Um, it's about like, how good do you feel? Mm. How connected are you feel? How full do you feel after? Mm. So good. Cause I remember just being in my marriage and we near the end, like we just, there was no connection and I had the higher libido than he did. And it was, it was like, Oh, he doesn't like me. Oh, this is happening. But after the divorce, I had a lot of sex <laughs> But it wasn't, I didn't realize there was no connection. But also at that time, I still hadn't connected to my emotions. So there was a lot of stuff going on. And I just remember people telling me too, oh, you have to like, let your guard down and you have to let your walls down. And this goes back to what you said earlier about being a little bit more open and soft. And I think there's this fear with a lot of women, especially nowadays, because we talk more about feminine energy and masculine energies and partnering with them. I think there's this fear. I know there was for me that being more feminine and soft meant that I was some wishy-washy little whatever who sings naked under the moon. And if you like doing <laughs> that, cool, but that's not my thing. My feminine energy She's a partner with me and my masculine is a partner. She's a warrior. 
Like she's a badass and not in a masculine way in like a, I'm solid in who I am. And, and this grounded. Is like, yes. Being still attracting way. Yeah. And that's what I find. I almost, I need to keep explaining and hitting home is it's, it's that feminine strength. It's soft power. It's a different kind of strength. So, um, I talk about water and rock as an analogy, because I feel like it's just, it's one I learned in traditional Chinese medicine. It's universally understandable. Masculine's the rock. Um, Talking about sex, we had like a hard penis. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the, the structure, the penetrating energy and feminine's the water, the flow. And initially, when you think about it, you would think, oh, like rock is stronger because water can just, you know, flow or like if it doesn't have rock to contain it, it would puddle all over the place. But water erodes rock. Yes. (laughs) And, And it's that it's our beliefs and we're taught it because we value masculine characteristics in society in government in healthcare in court the corporate world you know even when we're running our own businesses because mm. it's that doing numbers likes that's all masculine stuff so i'm constantly trying to get women to understand that it's interdependent and it's related and i don't want them to yeah be dancing under the moon, stirring potions, rubbing period blood on things. Like that's not (laughs) my point. It's that we need both. So it's the, to me, the strong spine and like the soft, open exterior. But I think we get it wrong because we have that softness to us. We have that femininity to us. And we're in a world that's constantly telling us, no, don't emote, don't show that, you know, be strong, be tough, achieve, do. So we, we hide it under this armor, under the shell. And then no one can get close to us. And we wonder, cause when we're having sex and we're not open, we're not showing our hearts, we're not showing all of us. That's where we lose the connection in relationships because people are having sex with that shell because we're not letting them in we're not opening well and don't you also feel like that's how we lose the connection to ourselves because one of the things most of my clients struggle with and I did we have no connection to ourselves. so if you have no connection to yourself how do you open to receiving how do you have a connection with other people so I think it's it is it's an epidemic (laughs) Because we've lost the connection. Yes. And always when we're finding it, it's always with us. Mm -hmm. We're the pleasure practices that I teach and everything. It's starting with us because we want to fix the relationship or we want to, yeah, save our marriage. But that's not really where the problem started. The problem started with two individuals being disconnected from their feminine strength, feminine power, their ability to feel and feel 
good things like joy and happiness and levity without having to earn it. That's my little (laughs) star because we've been taught, right? Do the things, cross the items off on your to-do list and then have sex. Mm -hmm. Like do the stuff and then feel good or work hard, then make money, sacrifice. And, you know, so that whole work hard, play hard thing, it just leaves us all burnt out and hedonic, miserable. Well, and that work hard, play hard is a deep core belief with a lot of women too, even with regards to receiving money, because they feel they have this belief that in order to make the money, in order to have the abundance, in order to have the prosperity, they have to work so hard. Money equals hard work. So yes, then I definitely grew up with that down. belief. Yeah, me too. And working on that one now, it's like the idea, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say passive revenue, but I will give it a caveat of like, it's not passive because the knowledge that I created to put in the program took 15 years. Like it's not so, but essentially that it's not really requiring any more of my time or my time from here moving forward. I have had this fear around receiving in that way that it's like, it should be hard for me, like I should have to show up and overgive and do my best. And then I deserve to be paid. Mm, so common with so many of the women I work with. And that was one of mine as well, because we also can have people in our lives, right? Like our parents or whoever, who we watched bust their fucking asses. And then it's like, oh, here I am doing what I love. And I'm making a lot more money than you did. And it's not from a place of, it's a place of like, oh God, should I feel bad about it? Yeah, shrinking. It's like a shrink. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We hide. We go back into that shell that you were talking about. Oh, my Lanta. And this just takes us into the whole receiving thing again, too. Aside from the sexual piece of things, when women start opening up to receiving, and we kind of talked about this earlier, you and I, there's this fear about connecting into our emotions because when we connect into our emotions what happens if I can't control them and I'm crying all the time do you or I'm a rage monster yeah I'm a rage monster yes (laughs) I call it the mad ball of rage I'm like I have the mad ball of rage right now (laughs) I had the mad ball of rage yesterday (laughs) um yeah I talk about that like the the clamped fire hose. We've been turned off, clamped for years, decades. And obviously there's a pressure backup. So when we do the, do the work, we start unclamping that fire hose. It's going to be messy. Some people are going to get sprayed that probably don't deserve it, but it's part of it. And it's part of like, even we're talking about boundaries and, and for me, a lot of my boundary work comes in like sexuality and what's your yes and your no and receiving pleasure or compliments or time off rest, uh, and, and finding what's aligned for us 
there. And when we're initially setting boundaries and it, it, they're hard and they're rigid and it's like, it's like the rock, right? We want to go and do that in our, in our masculine, which could be like, you know, I, I need Sunday afternoons to myself. So I'm going to tell my husband to watch the kids and, but like, there's this like harshness, there's this rigidity to it. And and that's okay. Cause we like, we're stepping in the right direction. We're learning. Um, but soft power or feminine boundary setting would look like sharing how you feel about the situation. I feel overwhelmed. I feel lost. I feel like I can't find myself. And then allowing something to evolve and grow from there. But it's so hard to be vulnerable. It's so hard to share the feeling because it is trapped in our shell for so long. Mm -hmm. And I know there's people listening to this going, well, I'm learning on setting, like I'm learning to set my boundaries and I'm learning to speak about how I feel, but then they also feel like they're not being heard or seen by their partners. In that case, how, how do you get them to feel safe opening up to receiving? This is a good question. So nutshell answer is validating the feeling for yourself before you ever share it. And I had to work on this one for myself because, right, we're constantly taught to take the temperature of the room. How's everyone else feeling? How is my actions impacting those around me? We're constantly like divorcing ourselves and our feelings. So I find a lot of the times our partners, our relationships are a mirror. So if it's, you have a difficult situation with your boss, your romantic partner, like whatever that shit is that's triggering or coming up, I like to look at it as a lesson learning experience reason. And again, in very extreme situations, like situations of abuse, I'm not saying stay in that and Mm -hmm. say, oh, this is my lesson. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about relationships with well-meaning people that love each other, but it's like, it's stuck. The dynamic is not good anymore. And like what you're mirroring to each other isn't the good stuff. Like you're drawing out each other's shit. The not feeling seen and heard could be a reflection that you don't value it and you're looking for somebody to do it for you. It could be that you're and this one's a little complicated. So I'm trying to think of how to digest it. But in this, you know, I learned traditional Chinese medicine over four years to learn yin and yang and the polarities and the whole balance of it all. So trying to like sum it up in a sentence sometimes is a challenge, but it could be that the the rut that you're in, in the relationship, in the dynamic is where your partner is resisting giving you what you need. 
which is that validation, right? Because a healthy, whole, healed person would be able to look and say, see, oh, like they're trying, they're sharing, they're opening and be able to validate and support you. They'd be able to be your rock in that situation. Mm -hmm. But like a, a we're attracting our, our equal, like a really healthy, healed whole person is not going to want to be with me. If I've, if I'm not connected to my truth and my emotion and my integrity, and I'm still kind of fucked up. So, which I am, and I am working on I think we all on some level (laughs) are still fucked up. I don't think we're never unfucked. Yeah. Yeah. So that resistance or the blaming or the criticizing like it could be because of the dynamic in the relationship. And I'm not saying it's right. It's, it's not right. It's mean, it's hurtful. Um, but if we, sometimes we set people up to not support us and to not win with us because of our shit and the dynamic that we created the rut that we're in. So sometimes it's easy. We start doing some work to, to look and be like, well, you're not supporting me. It feels scary to be safe and vulnerable and all that stuff. Well, yes, because, and in my case, you know, I, uh, after my divorce attracted a man that neither of us thought we felt deeply. And we thought that it was just about, you know, achieving and enjoying and those kind of things. And then as I'm going deeper and deeper on this path. And it's like, oh shit, we're both two extremely deep feeling humans who have had no ability to get in touch with our emotions until this point. So it has been a messy fire hose for the last few years as we sort through that. And I had to get to a point and it's a point of security in yourself and strength in yourself And I talk about it. It's like the feminines, the flower that opens like the bud, you go from this like tight little closed up bud and you bloom and you open and it is fucking scary because you don't know is like what's going to happen to your petals. Like it feels safer to stay stuck tight in the little, in your little safe bud. So at times my petals did get plucked and it was very, very hurtful. Yeah. It was, it was awful because again, we're, we're learning and we're learning at the same rate a lot of the time or, or the women were, we're moving a little faster because a lot of stuff is feminine let like desire that it's all it's feminine energy. And it's usually us first, which is annoying, frustrating. We can feel all of our feels about it, but feminine has a desire. We create the life, you know, men protect and provide. It's just that dynamic that's always been there. We like to deny it. We like to pretend like we can be men or better versions of men. And in, in some ways, like, we can do a lot of the stuff that men can do and we can do it with more consciousness and everything. So sometimes it's, it is better, but 
when we get cut off from that part that is inherently pleasure, love, feminine energy, I see it all as the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's where we get lost and that's where our relationships get in this gross dynamic. And that's where we accuse, blame, criticize each other. And it feels gross. So yeah, that was exceptionally long-winded, but no, but it's so important because it goes back to something we were talking about earlier. And it's something I say to people all the time. I'm like the fastest way to change other people to change yourself and so it all ties into that it's like oh recognizing that and again the energy doesn't lie if I'm crusty I remember I had it might have been my therapist I don't remember or coach and I was oh I remember it was my hypnosis mentor I was saying I get so frustrated when I come home and there's like a knife on the counter and the dishwasher's right under the knife. And she looked at me and she was like, so if it's bothering you, why don't you put the knife away? And I'm, I was like, why should I have to put the knife away? He left the knife there. She's like, but it clearly doesn't bother him. It's bothering you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so good. And it's, and then we're there going, can you love and accept me for who I am and who I'm becoming but then we don't want to do the same for the other person right it's so interesting just to like watch and witness that stuff and other people but also in yourself and then that ties in I feel like everything we're talking about just ties in other things celebration we as women and you just said it we have the desires, we do the creating. In caveman times, it was our intuition that helped our families know where we were going to live and where the food was going to grow and all the things. But we don't celebrate anything. It's very hard, which again, closes off the receiving valve. <laughs> yes, I, this is a, pra celebrating is a practice for me. And I'll tell you of how I'm, have not been practicing that well lately. I have had a lot of success recently, like just things going extremely well in business. I sold out my year long program. I'm full for one-on-one -on -one clients for six months. Like it's just going well with ease, which is the dream. We're work, we're going to work on the passive income thing this year. So that's my next receiving goal um because if you notice all my action taking stuff is going very well just to go yes, back to is. what we talked about <laughs> earlier but I thought to myself I want to do two things to celebrate when this stuff happens um I want to buy this pair of shoes that I've wanted forever and forever I mean like a couple months but it feels like I've been desiring them forever doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> it, it, you know what I wanted black, like running shoes, not running shoes, but like black shoes that I could just wear around. Cause you know, sometimes we don't have snow and a lot of my winter stuff's black and just to so wear white. it's not white. even like it's some crazy expensive designer pair of shoes. It's just black shoes. Yeah. I just want black shoes because it would just make me feel good and more put together. And then I ended up seeing a little more expensive designer pair of shoes. They're under a grand though. Um, 
And so it's been like two months that I've actually known like the shoes that I wanted and I still haven't bought them. And I've told myself like six times it's come up. You should buy yourself those shoes as your celebration. And I've distracted myself and done something else. So when you think about buying the shoes for yourself, how does that feel in your body? Well, right now I'm feeling like shame and a bunch of things because I'm literally just admitting that (laughs) I'm not doing it, but hang on. Yeah. The shoes, it feels expansive. I can see myself wearing them. I like, it feels good, a little tingly, a little warm. Mm -hmm. So your yes feeling is literally saying to you right now, yes, let's celebrate with these shoes And it's cool because those shoes can then become an anchor for you when you're visualizing other things, which sounds weird because they're shoes, but like, no, 100%. Because then I'll put those shoes on and I'll remember that feeling. And, And that, like that true desire and that energy, that doesn't fade for me. Like people will talk about buying something and just like that quick dopamine going away because it's a material thing. No, not when I buy from that true, energetic, aware, awake place. That lasts for me. Yes. And I always tell people because there's this, the pendulum keeps swinging and it's like, you shouldn't want material things. There's nothing wrong with wanting material things, but they have to be the things that bring you pleasure. Yes. Your shoes. It's funny. So for a couple of years, I've really wanted these like boots because we both live in Canada. So (laughs) they're, they're Manitoba mucklucks. They're like gorgeous boots. They, they're not even expensive. They were like under $400. But I kept telling myself, I'm like, oh, do I really need those? Like, really, do I need Manitoba Mukla? Do I need handmade boots? Like, do I need it? And at the beginning of this year, when it started snow, I was like, I'm buying my damn boots. Nice. Every time I put those boots on, I get that, that light feeling and tingly and the energy is flowing. And I'm like, this is my highest potential self gets to the things that make her feel good. And I'm not telling people to go into debt and to buy the big houses and the cars you can't afford. I'm saying incremental upgrades, get the thing, get the shoes. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing that I wanted to do was have a, I found this Canadian, um, Alora Mill, my partner and I did a little weekend getaway there and they had these non-alcoholic, um, the company's called Toast, and I know we're not like now we're just into advertising on people's stuff. <laughs> hey man, if it's but it's amazing. <laughs> so, and I again, I've just been working on my me numbing, numbing my pleasure response, and I realized that a lot of my celebrating had to do with alcohol. Like, go out for dinner, have some wine, or have an expensive bottle of this or whatever. But then I realized that I was numbing the feeling good. I was numbing my pleasure response. So my two celebratory things were um, the shoes and I wanted to have a, like those toast things to celebrate it. And I have done neither. And I feel so much shame admitting it, but it's the truth. So, but also I appreciate that you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and share this stuff with people. Cause one of the things I love 
is for people to be able to see that we're all just human. We all struggle yeah. with things. Yeah. And I know better and I'm not doing better right now. So it's, I mean, again, <laughs> human and it's the just, I would challenge people just to sit and go, what is one thing that you could do for yourself just to feel good? What is one little thing? Throw your underwear out that have holes in them and go put your lace ones on. Like it doesn't Simple. have to be big. Before we recorded this podcast, I had 10 minutes and the sun shining. And again, Canada, we've it's been pretty gray and pretty cold. So I went to get the mail and just walked outside and I felt the sun on my skin. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm giving that as an example because we talked about shoes or, you know, boots and stuff like that, but just any little thing. And I talk about it as pleasure practices, like yoga is a practice, like going to the gym or eating healthy. It's the things that we do repeatedly over time. Um, and it's incremental, right? Because we can't tolerate a whole bunch of good. And when it started initially, when I started doing this work and we would open up pleasure and joy and feeling all these good things and all of this good stuff would happen at a rate that we couldn't sustain it. So we would start sabotaging it or fucking it up and it would go sideways. So I love the, that you use the word incremental because really that's what I'm teaching people to do is practice tolerating pleasure in little bits. And if sexual pleasure is something that give makes you feel a little cringy or there's issues in your relationship, then little stuff like feeling the sun on your skin, feeling like when's the last time you felt the air, mm. you know, when's the last time you took time to rub lotion like a really nice cream or lotion into your body and felt how it felt on your hands on your thighs not that it even needs to lead anywhere sexual but just like feel good for the sake of feeling good yes and also feeling yourself because one of the th- I've done a lot of work on like my inner like inner acceptance and things and one of the things that I had to do was the lotion thing was an exercise I was doing. I was like, I'm going to buy the nice lotion. I'm going to put it on myself. But it was also about feeling what you actually feel like. Yeah. Like your own body and your own skin. And how can we expect a partner to show up and touch us in this way that's so orgasmic and expansive when we don't even know how to do it for ourselves? Right. And we're so tense, right? Like we're so rigid. So in the masculine, um, like, and you can try and feel your tensed arm or tense your leg and feel it and then relax it and feel it. And there's so much more sensation when we're relaxed and soft and, and open. And when our nervous systems are calm and the work you do is about nervous system stuff and the work I do is about nervous system Here's the thing. It's really hard to transform, especially in a subconscious level. If your nervous system doesn't feel safe because your nervous system is what sends a signal to your subconscious mind to say, Oh, I'm calm. 
Let's explore new things. I'm calm. Let's explore pleasure. Let's celebrate. It's crazy. I mean, we're having this conversation, but it's like, wow, we've been so desensitized to just not even celebrate the little things or be open to pleasure. I loved when I was listening to some of your podcasts and things, I love how you call them pleasure practices, because I think the other thing that's happening is that we keep being told, you got to do this ritual and you got to do that ritual and you got to do this, you got to do that. And it's like, so I have more and more, more things to do. Overwhelming. Right. But when you call it a pleasure practice and I started asking myself, I'm like, does this bring me pleasure? Nope. Not doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's the reciprocal of it, which is what is one thing I can say no to today that doesn't make me feel good. Right. And then we really start creating some space. And that's the thing. And that's about like creating the energetic space and creating the physical space, but even just sitting, because listening to the things that you talk about, I would sit there and I was like, what do I find pleasurable? I love going to get my bougie facial where it's like a two hour facial and she's doing all these crazy. I love going to get my nails or my pedicures. I love massages. I love like I've realized, oh, wow, I do actually have a lot of things that bring me pleasure. And it doesn't mean I have to sit and journal for two hours a day. Yeah, exactly. So if it's that thing isn't pleasurable to you, it's not a pleasure practice for you. And if your massages stop bringing you pleasure and it feels like a chore or it feels like another item on the to-do list, or if your sex starts feeling like that, then that's our like warning sign. That's what I call our pink canary. That's our pussies telling us something is off. We need a little rethink. We need a little reassess to figure out why, what's going on, what's not being expressed, what's not being acted on that those things that used to bring you joy don't. And it could just be you're done with it, right? It could be your body needs something else. Sometimes a different yoga instructor or a different massage therapist or whatever because a lot of again this is the no pain no gain thing a lot of my clients are like well if it's a massage and it doesn't hurt or if it wasn't like a hit workout then it wasn't good we have that all or nothing that perfectionist mentality which really keeps us turned off from so much pleasure and joy and juiciness in this life when we think like that it really does and you just said something too that brings us back to the relationship thing but like I feel like and I know this is how it was with me after I got divorced I had this weird mm, fantasy I guess of what a relationship was there's this weird fairy tale relationship fantasy (laughs) Like, oh, I'm going to meet somebody and we're going to have great sex. And it's going to be like that for like 10 years into the future. What is an actual healthy, real relationship? Like, (laughs) I think this is a, yeah, this is amazing. My clients have asked me and I think I'm going to do it next year, but a retreat. They've asked for it to be in, in Italy, (laughs) Um, but real love like what real love and intimacy is in the thing we're not taught. We're taught what we think 
how we meet in the lead up and like the star cross like Romeo and Juliet and every basically rom-com movie that we all secretly like to you're just gonna know when you meet yeah, them. all the bullshit that we get fed the focus on like the wedding itself but how do you actually build and maintain intimate pleasurable partnership where both people feel safe long term mm-hmm. and it doesn't look a fucking thing like what we think it does shit you mean it's not about going off to the small town and falling in love with the baker i mean i get a little tingle (laughs) thinking about it (laughs) but yeah that's that's our conditioning and that's our wiring and what i think it what i think it really is is being seen for who we are and and that means it's a two-way street right it can't just be oh here's me and here's all of me and you have to accept it or whatever it's the it's two people being truly seen for who they are and I believe that there has to be for it not to stagnate for it not to get stuck um there has to be some like growth energy, willingness to move, to expand together. So, cause yeah, otherwise like, and if one person's stuck and one person's growing, that doesn't work or, but for that seeing and evolving to happen together, it's, it's a lot of hard conversations. It's work relationships. I call them, work. yeah ruptures right like we had one over new years and I realized and now we're just going to fully share all of all of the things I realized the reason why I didn't I haven't celebrated because I'm punishing myself for um for this this fight this I'm calling it a fight just for the sake of time but really it was a culmination of my shit in my story and me wanting more in in him with the same thing and it gets to this point where you're so well we like to repress our desires right we like with the boots right oh do I need these or maybe I'll just buy this cheaper pair or whatever that's like asking for a crumb or surviving on crumbs when we really want the whole thing and and how it shows up in relationship a lot of the time is holy shit, I want this thing. I desire this thing. It was in there. I didn't even know it was there. It wasn't there when we met. I didn't need this from you when we met, but I need it now. And if I say it out loud, I risk everything. It's fucking scary. It's vulnerable. It's us opening, right? So we both were bringing those things to each other. The New Year's Eve thing was just like the perfect fight that sort of ignited it to then turn into several conversations over the next week of like, fuck, can we navigate this? Like, can we actually both be in this and be happy and be fulfilled? Because neither one of us wants to settle for less, like for ourselves or for the other. Mm -hmm. And it's a learning how to do that, learning how to navigate the 
rupture the disconnection and repair. And I teach it in a weekend course with my, the women in my program, like, cause that's the part we're not taught. And how do we keep our strong spine and how do we keep our soft, open, feminine heart to lead in those moments and stay open and be loving when we want to like crush or hide or, you know, accuse, blame, criticize. We want to do all those well-worn things that haven't gotten us what we wanted in, in love and intimacy. So or we just want to run away because we get to that point where it's like, I remember dating. I remember that high that of the lust goes away and it's like, oh, I'm bored it. now. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. The new relationship energy, there is nothing like it on the planet. Yeah. And being willing to recognize that, oh shit, this does take work. Oh shit. <laughs> but when you're doing it, this, that cycle, the rupture, disconnection, reconnection thing, you're you're getting new relationships in a way. Like it's, I talk about it like the butterfly and the chrysalis, like you're, you're melting down. That shit's fucking ugly. And if you took a peek inside in the middle of that transformation, it would look like it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but then what you get on the other side is the butterfly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's well, a I- lot, but it's new. Cause then that's new. You have something new and you get to do that and navigate that. And then eventually that's not going to work for someone else either. Yeah. So then and, we got to do it again. And then it's like, and again, and we're again, here again and again. <laughs> and again. But when you can learn to navigate it with love and openness and, and pleasure, it still fucking sucks, but it sucks a hell of a lot less. <laughs> Yeah. And I think any deeper work really sucks, but it's great. And I know I also have a lot of women who've maybe been going through like some spiritual awakenings and spiritual growth. And they're like, I need, my husband's not into this and uh, is it going to work out? And I remember this going through the same thing and having to learn like our partners don't need to be everything to us. Mm -hmm. And I, my boyfriend put it so wonderfully years ago. He was like, I may not believe in all of the things you believe in, but I believe in you. And I was like, oh, (laughs) and so recognizing like, because I see, I have friends who are dating right now and they're looking for like somebody who likes all the exact same things as them so they can do all the receiving. And I'm like, that you're limiting yourself if yeah, you're if expecting can, your partner to be everything. Yeah. If we can throw out the checklist, the to-do list and just listen to our pussies when we know how to do it. Right. So it's not like we're listening to our trauma or whatever. Like we're truly authentically listening to our inner voice and our truth or our nervous systems. I guess you could put it that way. If that, if pussy is triggering I love to some listeners. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, that and that was one I had if it would have never come out of my mouth years ago it would have been like a bad word I would have just like my to pleasure like well because also think about this and I I feel like we need to reclaim the word pussy because you hear stop being such a pussy like pussy's a bad thing and I'm like there's 8,000 nerve endings down there and women pop babies out of we we are a 
life-giving vessel. Thank you very much. So yes, that is exactly why me, the women that I work with, we all reclaim that word because we should be calling people scrotums. Right? (laughs) That's what I was just about to say. Like it's not, it's backwards. Oh, this episode is so good. So we've talked about a lot of things and I know you, you, we've talked a bit about like pleasure practices. What are a few pleasure practices you could recommend to people or what are a few pleasure practices that'll help the women connect into their pussies more? What, what kind of tidbits can you leave people? I'm going to give some super simple ones. And this is, I had my first call with my group that were together for a year and I had them, um, just look for the areas that they were over-functioning. And by that, I meant, so when over-functioning, we're in our doing energy, we're in our masculine energy, and that's doing something for someone else that they could do themselves. Mm. And I just, the point was that we were just witnessing it and we were becoming aware of that tendency to do and fix and control. And the looks on the faces, I got terror, I got you mean I spent what on this program for a year? Like, not really, but like, I could yeah, tell no, that, scary. It, that they're like overwhelmed because it's like, well, what do I do? What action do I take? How do I like, you mean you just want me to like witness it, that it, that I'm, I'm over functioning and write it down or <laughs> like, so, and, and the feminine practices that we would take it, they sound simple. And when you hear them and you hear them with your masculine trained brain, it's like, what? Like she's, I don't know what she's smoking, but that is so easy. It sounds easy, but the hard part is the practice. It's hard to do. It's hard to implement. So um, one is to slow down, slow down anything, anything that you do, any routine, habitual thing you could practice, like brushing your teeth, putting cream on. We talked about it. Slow down your lovemaking. It will feel so hard and weird to go slower, slow down walking across a room. Like, and again, what do we do? Like we just walk quickly so that we're not seen or we don't take too much space and sit. Try like gliding, try letting people see you and, and you'll know with the energy thing. Right. And it can be scary. And if we've had like sexual trauma, like I have or whatever, until we have our yes and no and our boundaries and we have that security in ourselves, it's fucking scary. But like let people witness you in your beauty, who you are, like the open you and okay, walk slowly across a room. It sounds easy or down the street or whatever, but to do it and take up that space and receive the attention is hard. Mm. So I hope you like can see the correlation super hypocritical celebrate is another one (laughs) (laughs) again you're human (laughs) yeah and part of the reason why I think I'm like put on this earth at this moment 
to do this work is because I've fucked it up all in a very big way. All of these things, like if they came easily and naturally to me, I wouldn't be like, this is a problem because I would just do it and be on my merry way. So celebrating is another one. And I feel like I got another, another, oh, practice feeling like pleasure and joy, whatever that is. And sometimes we need to start in our imagination. Like if I can look at my cat, it makes me happy or my daughter, right? Like just think of someone that you care about's face and, and practice feeling the feeling of, of pleasure and joy. And again, it sounds really stupid and really ridiculous, but you'll realize how resistant you are to it because I bet if you don't, if you're not practicing this, you can't hold that feeling for more than a few seconds before you think of something else or numb or distract. And I know you talk about this too, but it's like, if you can't even, if somebody compliments you and you get fucking weird, I used to be, thank you. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh it's on sale or like yeah just... oh, this whole thing oh I yeah. haven't had my hair in the... yeah notice how you accept compliments it leads into all this stuff it's so interesting yeah because that's oh. receiving yeah Re- like receiving the attention receiving the compliment receiving like allowing feeling good it's like it's good sex relaxed open inviting And I even remember the first time I ever really felt joy. I didn't know what the fuck it was. It overtook me and I cried for like two hours. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what this is. I feel really good, but I don't know what this is. Yeah. Same with love. The first time, like really knowing what love felt like, like from another and understanding that there's so many different types of love, like love of friendship and partner love and all the things, but feeling love and receiving it the only way I could explain it was that it it went right through me and I was like whoa that's crazy but it took me a really long time to get to the space where I could receive that same with orgasm Mm -hmm. like a lot of people just have very if they can but it's very like contracted you know genital focus sex and in love making and it isn't that full body like your cells you can feel it in all of your cells kind of feeling um yeah we're, we're just we're missing so much it's so true and I think you talk about orgasmic manifesting too but that full body like being able to really just harness the power of that but again that's a different another podcast yeah. we need we need a <laughs> podcast just on that it's one we of my do, favorite though things. it's one of my favorite things and it's one of the, my favorite ways that people learn what they feel like is being able to control that and you not control that's not a great word but being able to harness that power on their own Oh, I'm like, I could just talk to you forever. I feel the same. I'm going to have a bunch of links. If people love you as much as I know they're going to love you, they, you have a book, it's called the pink canary. You have your podcast, which I'm going to link. How else can people find you? If you want to get me, send me a DM on Instagram. 
Dr. Jordan Wiggins, if you can link that, because it's Jordan with an I. And I do have um, a free live event coming up, Pleasure Fundamentals. That's It starts on March 22nd, and I'll give you the link for that, Brenda. Yes, I will definitely link that up. So many things. So before I let you go, when I have people on this podcast, because it is called The Limitless Life, it's about creating a limitless life. What does having a limitless life mean to you? Oh, well, everything we just talked about today, like living life in love and, and pleasure as much as I, without limiting it. Love that. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to have this conversation with us. I know that people listening, their minds are going to be like exploding. <laughs> like, whoa. So thank you. I appreciate it so much that you were able to have this conversation with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have no idea how much I love and appreciate you for taking time to listen because shows like this are not possible without people like you. You can find me over on Instagram at underscore Brenda Johnson. Beg me to post and let me know what your favorite episode has been. And if there's something that you want to hear, let me know. Shoot me a DM and I'm always going to get back to you. I want this podcast to help as many people as possible. So please take a moment if you can to leave me an honest comment and review so I know what you think of the show. And if you could, help me spread the love by hitting that share button. 